This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. We are in a series called Equipped. And I absolutely love that word because I have seen so much uh, defeat in the body of Christ because people are not equipped. They actually are, but they don't think they are. And it's a lack of knowledge. But if you are truly born again and you belong to Jesus, he has equipped you with everything and anything you may need to just overcome any scheme of the enemy that he might be trying to bring against you. So it's really, really important to know it, to believe it, and to act in it, live in it, and use it. So today we're going to talk about being equipped with God's armor. Okay, so let's start with um, Ephesians 6, 11 to 13. It says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It is important that you know you have an enemy and it's important to know how to stand against him because he will come at you. We've been talking about this in this series about how we're in a war and he's always trying to destroy you and get you out of the picture and whatever. And this is one of the ways that we need to just stand against him. And notice this scripture. It says it's God's armor that we're putting on, you know. Yeah. It, and again, we were talking about drawing on his strength. It's God's armor that we are putting on ourselves. And what's the reason? So we could stand against the schemes of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because frankly, he hates you and he hates God and he hates the word and he hates anything that's good. In anything that's truth. And he's going to come up with temptations. He's going to come up with schemes and tricks to hurt you and to steal, kill, and destroy you or your life. And you've got to know your enemy and you've got to know how to fight back. And you must know your God because it's through the knowledge of him that you know all this other stuff. So now it goes into explaining our enemy. It says this, for our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So first it's telling us who we are not fighting, Al, and yet so many Christians fight one another. And we are not fighting each other according to the scripture. And that's where it says flesh and blood. You know, I'm seeing so many Christians that operate under like guilt and condemnation. They're just, they're, they walk around like this. Right. And it's, it's almost like the devil's going, I don't even have to go attack them. They do it to themselves. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what yes. I mean? So yes. it's so important who we are not fighting. Right. You know what I mean? We're right. not fighting ourselves. Right. We're not beating ourselves up. Yeah, we're not perfect, but we're not fighting ourselves. And we're not fighting other people because there's so much strife and so much disagreement in the body of Christ. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm, we are attending a church now, you and I, and it's a big, big church, but the pastors are adamant in creating, um, in, in not putting up with the gossip. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, or bad mouthing one another or causing any problems. They would rather those people just leave than stay there. I remember the Lord told me a long time ago, you know, uh, his church was having problems I was working at. He says, well, you know, you can, you can leave if you want. He said, but if you stay, you don't bad mouth anybody. You don't take sides. You don't do anything. I know. But he gave the choice to me. So there's a lot of strife and there's a lot of disagreement, especially inside a congregation. And many Christians operate just in their mind. They operate carnally. They, they, you know, it's not so much they operate in their mind. They operate in like an unrenewed mind. Oh, I know yeah. they're, they're still thinking the way the world thinks. You know, I got saved when I was 29. So there was all that years of the way the world does business. Yes. And the world will do everything with gossip and cheating and they'll tricks behind your back. They'll play right. games so they can beat you out. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> you have to remember these things. Well, that's right. It's They're void of God. That's yeah. exactly right. That's right. And they erupt emotionally with each yeah. other and just like the world. But this passage says that they're not the ones who we should be fighting. It's easy to fight the person because you think, but there's an enemy behind that person's thinking that's convincing them something completely different. They're deceived. Right, right. So that's your enemy. Now, we, in fact, really, the person that you're arguing with or maybe being offended by, they are not your enemy. They're not the enemy. It's the devil behind the scenes. He is causing confusion. And this is what it's talking about. We're not fighting naturally. This is a spiritual fight that you can't see in the natural. Now, if you get, if you decide, Al, if we decide to get into the devil's arena, and by that, I mean, you fight them, they fight you, you give nasty words to them, they give nasty words to them. After all, it's the principle of the thing. And you're going to lose. You're going to lose every time. You're going to lose because you're fighting on the devil's turf. Right. You're fighting a battle that you're guaranteed to lose because you're trying to get into the, the, the gossip and the name calling and all of the things that the world does and much of the church does. Right. Right. You know, I'm amazed at some of the things that go on in the church that are so um, just not Christian. It, it, yeah. it's, it well, I know me. I know great Christians who operate carnally just out of their five emotions, right. but they love God with all their heart right. and they believe and they stand. But yet in their everyday life, they're uh, yeah, there's a, no, they're not necessarily defeated. They, they're living in the natural in their everyday life, yes. you know, but yeah, I, I remember... No, I remember years ago, I uh, I received a random text, and the text didn't make any sense whatsoever, but it was a, a, a member, actually, of my family, not not my, you know, immediate family, and uh, it, it was just a text that didn't make any sense, and, and this person was all over me and telling me, don't ever come back, I don't ever want to see you again, you're a phony, you're a liar, and we never had any words when I was visiting her, and it was just weird that she would send me this text. But what happened was I got the one text and, you know, never respond right away with that one text, you know. Well, maybe I should have because I got 15 texts after that, (laughs) right? And all they did was one after another. Then she got somebody else on her side and they were both texting me. And and here's the point. How do you fight something like that? See, I knew, yes, this person was maybe hard-headed and and, and, and tough and, and whatever and looking for a fight. That could all be true. But who was prompting her to do all that? Yeah. It was the enemy 
behind the scenes, prompting her, lying to her, telling her I was a phony, telling her not to trust me when none of this ever existed. Okay. Nothing ever existed. So what did I do and how to handle this? The one thing I did not do is respond to one of those, not one of those texts did I respond to, but I took my phone after the second one came in and I said, okay. And I started walking around my house and I think you even, you, you even uh, saw this. Um, I walked around saying, I am the righteousness of God. God loves me. He is on my side. He is for me and not against me. I will not let the enemy and the, and the lies and the schemes of the enemy destroy my day or destroy my life. I went into this battle spiritually. I put on the armor of God. This is where my power was. This is where I knew this would work. This is where you will be strong. Yes, I choose. This is important, guys. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive this person. I've been made right with God. I don't need to lower myself. I'm not putting myself on your level, devil. And you will not rent space in my mind. And that's that's the way I handle that. So, so I say things didn't get better, Al, for maybe nine months and that was because I believe it was Thanksgiving and I texted the person and I said, happy Thanksgiving. And I got a, a pleasure response, you know, so that was okay. But, but that's the way you handle something like that. That's not the way the world handles. See, I wasn't fighting with her. I was fighting with the enemy. Okay. Cause he's the real enemy. So this goes on to tell us what to do once again. Now look that's at this. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. This is the second time Paul says this, Al. He says, therefore, or because of this, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to stand. Okay, and Al's going to go over in a little bit what that word stand means. And look at what the Amplified says. It says, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. And that's what I did with that texting. Now, Al's going to show you briefly some of the ways that you could stand, and you're going to find that these examples, we're going to go on and on day after day, and we're going to go over the whole armor of God. But why don't you start out by just telling it's us about standing? when you understand the armor of God, right? What's yeah. the armor do? It's a defensive mechanism against an enemy. It could even be an offensive, but mm -hmm. for in, in the most case, it's defensive. And there are, it, just reciting that scripture is not good enough. You just mm -hmm. can't say, oh, therefore stand. And I you, put on you, the whole armor. I put on the armor of God and the helmet of salvation. And they're all happy and they walk away and they don't even know what it is or what it means. How do I stand? Right. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are some of the ways that you would stand? Well, one of the things wow. you have to do is stand against sickness because the, you know, the devil's going to try to put sickness on you. <clears throat> Your speech life is so important. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So don't just sit there and when you have some kind of sickness, start telling everybody you're sick. Yeah. Don't go there. Now, I'm not saying you can't ever say it. I, you know, what I do is it, it, say it this way. I'm fighting a headache. 
This way you're not in agreement with it. You're fighting it. You're telling the truth what you have or you feel what you're feeling. You got to understand one thing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you keep speaking death and sickness, if God was to heal you, it makes the Bible untrue. So you can't speak that, right? You're speaking death, you're speaking death, God. All of a sudden, you, God heals you and you got life. You say, well, that scripture's not true. Yeah, well, God can heal you if you he, speak that. That's the whole thing. He can't heal you or the Bible's a lie. Right, right, So right. don't agree with your sickness, you know. And another thing we have to do is persevere through our trials. Whether it be sickness or financial prosperity. I'll read this, James. Whatever uh, the trials are. And remember, so God's cool. not trying you. It's your enemy who tries you. That's so do you true. know what I mean? And we think God's trying me. and he's Now, it, it, the enemy's trying you when it becomes a test to see, are you going to persevere? Are you going to do the things we're telling you to do? Or are you going to just cave? Right. But it isn't God doing these bad things to you. The devil's trying to take you out. Right, right. Well, look at James 1.12. Al, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So persevering, it, it really means blessed is the man who perseveres through trial. Because when you see that word temptation, it may, may make you think of something else. But mm -hmm. it really means, blessed is a man who perseveres through a trial. For when he goes through the trial and comes out victorious, he will receive the crown of life. That's exactly what the and scripture says. you have to saying. understand, the crown of life is a reward when you get to heaven. Right. There's going to be people in heaven that wear crowns. And there are going to be people in heaven who don't wear crowns. It's part of your inheritance if you'll stand against the wiles of the evil one right. and do these things that we're talking about. First of all, you have to know it's God's not your problem. You have to understand how to speak to your sickness or, or for sure don't agree with it. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. So you have to persevere. And that's that means standing, persevere. You don't give up. You don't give up. That's you, so good. You know, when you doubt, when you start doubting, you're going to fail. It's all the time. Why don't you go ahead and read this in James 1, 5, and 8. Oh, this is good. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, now we're talking about being in a trial. Let, You're oh, in ahead. a trial and you need wisdom to get out of this trial. You need to, what, what do, do I, I do? do, Lord? What do I do? And if you, so you're lacking wisdom. You say, Lord, what do I do? So go if, ahead. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without criticism, in other words, he doesn't say, like, I told you so. That's the main thing I was he, talking oh, about that at the that? church the other day. And I was saying, God never says, I told you so. Right. He freely gives liberally. He will give you wisdom in your situation. I like to tell my children, I told you so. <laughs> because I told them not to do it. And then they did it. And then something bad happened. And then they're, ooh, crying. And it's like, I told you not to do that. Right. God never says that. It's right. like God says, don't do this. We do it. It's all a big mess. And he goes, come on, I'm going to help you. Absolutely. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to bless you. So you would good. need to for, repent or, for, or ask forgiveness. But the point is, he doesn't say, I told you so. In other words, he's going to give you wisdom liberally without criticism. And he isn't going to wow. say, well, why should I give you wisdom? You don't seem to care. 
Yeah, you put yourself in this mess, which we normally do. Which we normally do. And it'll be given him. Yes, and it says, but let him ask in faith without wavering. For he who wavers is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed in the wind. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, now, what what they're talking about, double-minded, is one minute you say, I'm healed, I'm made well and whole, I'm strong, I'm healed. Two minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm sick, I'm going to die. What am I going to do? You, well, what is it? Are you, gonna, yeah. are you sick and you're going to die? Or are you healed, made well and whole by the blood of the Lamb? You can't flip-flop on your thinking. You have to become steadfast, yeah. standing. I am healed now. And then you don't get into this double-mindedness. Do you know, Al, another way that we get double mind? This is this happens more than you think. Uh, you 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 go to God and you pray about something. Uh, Lord, uh, my sister is sick. Uh, Whatever you know, uh, uh, help her. Send help to her. I'm not there. Send somebody to help her and all that and stuff like that. Or do this, do that, whatever. When we once we pray that. We tend to walk away and act as if we never prayed that. All the time. I've noticed that. I've noticed, gosh, even in my life once in a while. You know what I mean? I'm going, wait a minute. I, I already told God to take care of that situation. Now, I'm out here calling people, go see my sister, or whatever it is. My sister, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, whatever it is. So why did you pray? Why did I pray? I said, Lord, you send somebody into their life. Now I'm on the phone. It, and the Lord That's says, double-minded. That's exactly right. It's a perfect right. example of double-minded. And, the Lord and we is, do it all the time. The Lord is like, well, do you want me to do it or not? Well, I mean, you just asked me. Now, if God tells you make a call, then you go ahead and do it. And that's just a hypothetical thing. I don't know, you know. Anything. And then you start making calls. Then you pray again the same prayer. Like, oh, Lord, you got to help. Then you get jumped back in in there and you start doing it again. The Lord's told me a long time ago, you treat me like I need hearing aids. Oh, gosh, it's so true. You know, and, and it's it's kind of like you prayed. I heard you. I'm working on this. Right. Why? It, Right, right. Double-minded man. And then you don't understand why the whole thing blows up and it doesn't work because it said a double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. You're You're not standing with the equipment God has given you against the wiles of the... And the equipment that he gave you in that case was prayer. Right. And which is also part of God's armor, which people don't even see. Yeah. But we'll get into that. So a double-minded man isn't going to stand. And the next no, one here is... he's going to flip-flop. He's going to flip-flop. And you know what? You just... Um, you know, we flip-flop all the time. And, and sometimes I think we have... This is what standing is all about. You don't flip-flop. Yeah. I was yeah. prayed for. I believe. I'm not changing my yes. mind. No matter what happens, I'm not changing my mind. I was prayed for. I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. I'm not changing my mind because it doesn't feel good. Or I don't feel. That's good. So the next one you've got here, Liz, don't let the sun go down on your anger. What that actually means, everyone was always, was like they would say, well, before I go to bed, (laughs) they're going to repent. 
of some kind of sin. You got to call everybody you're mad at and, and, and say, I'm not angry anymore. Right. Or right. whatever. And I've done that. And I, I didn't know. really know what the scripture meant. And what this scripture means is, is don't let the sun go down in your anger. Don't stop being mad at what the devil's doing. Right. The minute you let the sun go down on your anger, that's double-minded. Wow. It's really, it is. Because what's happening is why? You're saying, oh, this isn't going to work. Well, and that's in Ephesians 4.26, by the yeah. way. But that's right. It says, and what it really means is don't give up on being mad at the devil. There you go. That's don't, what that really means. Don't, it, don't give up. It, what happens is we give up at right. being mad at the devil and go, oh, well, I guess this is my lot in life. Right. right. And they think God gave it to them. And that's it. You're done. You'll never get rid of it now. You're, you'll struggle to get rid of it because you accepted it. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Wow. You, you got to understand, it's the devil who tries you, not God. And I'm so big on this particular, I'm big on grace because I see people, most people act like grace or forgiveness. They got like, Jesus took 80% of your sin. And then you've got to do the other 20%. You've got to live holy. Some people, maybe Jesus took 90% of it. That's true. And then you got to do the 10% holy. You know what I mean? And and what happens is it's the devil who tries you. God, God's not trying you. He's forgiven you 100%. Right. And right. we think God is trying us for that last 10%. Right, right. And I heard someone say recently, you know, where do you draw the line? I mean, maybe it's 15% this time. Oh, well, maybe it's 25 <laughs> No, you could go nuts with that when. Well, when? When you feel like you've been forgiven, you're forgiven. And when you feel like you're not forgiven, you're not forgiven? Emotion. Yeah, that's right. So it's not so God I'm... who tries you. It's the devil who tries you. Let me put it this way. Your enemy tries you. Mm -hmm. Let me put it this way. Russia could say, I'm going to try the American army and see if we can't take them out. The army, when they do war games, they don't try each other. They practice how to do war. They don't load their guns with bullets that, you know, they load them with blanks. You don't literally shoot your enemy. And that's what they think God does. He gives you something to do and then he makes it hard to do it. Yeah, yeah. He tells you to do something and then you, he put, makes you sick. Right. No. It's right. the devil trying to stop you from doing what he told you to do. Right, right. exactly. That's good. Okay, so God doesn't... Um, <laughs> The devil sends people in your life to stop you. God doesn't try you. He doesn't throw bricks in your way, you know, or break your leg. This is another thing people do all the time. I had a lady, her knee was all busted up. And uh, she said to me, God told me that I need to, God broke my knee, threw a brick at my knee, whatever you want to say. He broke up my knee so I would slow down and spend more time with him. So I said, well, what did you do? I thought she was going to say, yeah, I read the Bible through and, and, and I slowed down and spent. She said, what are you kidding me? I had knee replacement <laughs> surgery and I'm great. <laughs> and they don't even get what they're saying. I'm sitting there. I was like, what? She never intended to slow down or do anything. Right, 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 right. You know? She actually, if she believed that, she actually went against God. Because right. God's saying, look, I want you here. So you could, that's silly and stupid. And do it all it's the really time. dumb theology. I it's, don't know and why. It's, there's so much dumb theology. You talk about misunderstood scriptures. We could write that book and it'd be 10 times thicker if we, if we went through what most people believe and what they do. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like God put this sickness on me. Why? And they go, 
I don't know. I can never get him to give me an answer yeah. when I say, and now, yeah, if God put that sickness on you, why are you taking the medicine? Right. You're trying right. to get healthy. God's trying to make you sick. You're going to the doctor. What is yeah. it? You know, I said yeah. that to somebody and they said, oh, well, it's a trial. They don't, they have no clue. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. A lot of people call into our ministry and you could hear it in their voice that they're depressed and they're, and they're overcome rather than being overcomers. And they don't know how to put this armor of God on. And you know, if you're, if you're on drugs or something, you say, I'm not going to do, do these drugs anymore. I am going to stand. If you're drinking too much, say, I am not going to drink anymore. I am going to stand. And guess what? If you have another drink, it's okay. God's not mad at you. He's working with you. You just keep with that positive confession that you don't want to do it anymore. You're you're not going to be overcome anymore, and then sooner or later, it will happen. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at VictoryLifeMinistries.org.